Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Just confidence in me. I know what I'm capable of. Um, you know, had some kicks in there in that game that I was uh, happy with. Um, but I balance it by having that confidence in me, knowing my work ethic, knowing I'm going to put my best foot forward and just having a short memory and moving on. I like the hat there from Greg Joseph. Kindness, pass it on. He's telling like all it. of you, all of you beat writers like Judd Zolgad, no. just go easy on me. Okay, here's my hat. Make your damn field goals. Pass it on <laughs> or go home. Do your job. Exactly the right. Shirts. Exactly yeah. right. I screwed up. Should be the hat. <laughs> oh my god! All right, this is. Daily Vikings Entertainment, Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, our executive producer, Declan Goff. If you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, A, thank you for getting us over 17,000 subscribers yesterday. And B, if you're watching on a TCL TV, you're helping the show and supporting a sponsor uh, because TCL is the world's best-selling electronic consumer brand. Has a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. TCL, enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Uh, boys, every week, usually on Thursdays, we give you, and you guys compete head-to-head ferociously, our random Viking of the well, week. It's been one-sided ferociously, but yes, we do ferociously compete against it's one mostly, another. It's yeah, mostly Declan like getting his ass kicked. I don't like to brag. But you have a seven-game winning streak I'm over very low-key. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's seven. So um, I'm going to let you guys, I've given you some hints here. I'm going to let you guys, I'm going to give you five clues, and then I'll let you guys just sort of shout out the answer to this week's Random Viking of the Week. Mm-hmm. All right? You guys ready? Yep. This Random Viking of the Week hails from Lakewood, Ohio. What kind of city is that? This, ra- this Random Viking of the Week started 86 games in his NFL career. Interior offensive line, meat and potatoes. Well, you're giving us big a clues. Guard. I know. Well, it's a, it's a big man because this random Viking of the week stands six foot seven inches tall and weighed over three hundred pounds in his NFL career. This random Viking of the week started a Super Bowl. Obviously, not for the Vikings, but uh, he played in the Super Bowl. Bryant McKinney. Mm. He's a guard. Oh, he's a guard. Is that your final answer? Ding me. It is not Brian McKinney. But this random Viking of the week, let's bring him in, is back on Score North and Purple Daily. He is the Rhino, Alex Boone. 
Yo, what's up, guys? What's going on? What is happening, Alex? What is happening with your goatee, your hair? It looks like you've added six new tattoos since the last time we brought you on the show. No, no, no. Nothing's new about me. Still the same old Boonie, the Rhino. I'm here to hang out with you guys. I'm super excited. Judd, I can't wait to mess with you. Declan, it's been... I've missed you so much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you wanted to say something else, I think. Football. So we've got Alex is in the mix as a weekly contributor here on Purple Daily. The By the way, the Marconi finalist, Purple Daily, which we'll find right. out in October if we actually rise to the level of getting the hardware. Maybe Alex can be the thing, the final piece that puts us over the top to be a world-renowned podcast here on Purple Daily. But, no dude, pressure. welcome back to the show. We're super pumped to have you. Declan found a photo of the first time we all met, a magical moment. Oh, yeah. At, uh, I think it was Bradley's or some bar in Boomtown. You had your full practice gear on. You came over on the old radio show, 1500 ESPN. Yes. And uh, we're pumped to have you back, man. Dude, so happy to be here. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Absolutely. So you have, uh, let's just get into it. I think you, you know the last time we had you on Purple Daily or Mackie and Judd was back like a year and a half ago. You, uh, you went on a journey to get back into the NFL. And as coincidence would have it, Vikings are playing the Seahawks this weekend. You got signed by the Seahawks at the end of last season. And so you've, you've, you've been uh, inner workings of Mike Zimmer locker rooms, inner workings of Pete Carroll locker rooms. Um, I guess before we get into like the actual matchup and football-y football things, uh, what has your last year and a half been like? And uh, you know, what was it like when you finally got a call that said, hey, all this work that you've put in to gain a bunch of weight and to get back in the NFL, that boom, like your your comeback was complete? Dude, it was insane, especially because – you know, the cold COVID thing had happened, and then after that, it was kind of like you couldn't do anything with free agents, and nobody really knew what was going on. But even more so, like, as the season went on, like, everybody that they brought in had to be super strategic, and it was, how are we bringing them in? Or, you know, they have to sit and wait for five days. So I ended up getting a call from Baltimore first and went out there, and, you know, I got to talk to John and stuff, and, and they was going to sign there. And then all of a sudden, you know, Pete calls, and he's like, listen, dude, come on out here. You belong on the West Coast. You know this division. Like, we're going into a tough stretch. We're about to win the West. But, you know, it'd be great. And uh, I was like, dude, you got to go play with Pete Carroll any, anytime you get a chance. Just because you every time I always played against him and being on the field with him, I hated him, but I loved him because he was always so energetic, right? Like, he's that coach. And I remember if there was ever a coach I used to talk a ton of smack to, it was always him. And he would just laugh at me. He'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever, Boone. And, like, he would just kind of laugh and chew his gum, and it would drive me nuts because he just <laughs> laughed me off all the time. But when I got there, I was like, Everything finally makes sense. I get now why they are the way they are. I get now why they're when they're in the fourth quarter, they're like, hey, we could be down four touchdowns. We're still good. Like everything about them is always the same thing. They're always positive. They're always, hey, we can win this. We can do this. We have Russell. We have Bobby. We have, you know, whoever it is, they're going to make a big play for us. Chris Carson, like they just feed positivity. And when you're on a team like that, you're like, dude, I can do no wrong. And that's when people end up playing really well and doing better than they should. So what? So what's Pete like too? As as far as that goes, compared to the other coaches, Alex, that that you played for, Zimmer, uh, Harbaugh, right in San Francisco. Yep. What What's he like as far as as because I mean his mentality seems a little bit more of like a college one in being positive, rah rah to a certain degree. What's that like when you're coming from playing for a guy like Mike, who clearly lets things get to him a little bit more? Well, I think that number one with Pete. I mean, it was such a short amount of time with him, but you could see that nothing ever phased him ever. And he was always like, 
you know, every day in practice there had to be a competition somewhere. I mean, you showed up and it was like the most insane time of your life because this this team room was just so electric and there was music blaring all day and people were, you know, having fun and Pete's out here trying to make everybody feel good because he knows it's late in the season. And he's like, ball. hey, exactly. Like all of a sudden you come in and he's like, he's got this picture of me from high school and he's like, hey, listen, it's going to be Boone versus Monet today. Who's going to win? And, and Brian Monet's like a 360-pound nose tackle. And I'm like... Are we wearing pads today? They're like, nah, dude, can't wait to see it. I'm like, hey, let's go. Like, haven't played in two years. Show up first day. They're like, hey, you're on the ringer, dude. It's You're either in or you're out. And when you get there, they accept you right away. And being with Russ was awesome because he was one of the most positive people ever. And then not only that, but he was always like, hey, listen, we got to get better. We can be more. We can do more. We can do this. Let's believe in each other. And you're like, this dude really is like this all the time, which to me is just so fun. Yeah, he, I think a lot of people look at Russell Wilson from the outside like, is he fake? What is no. his – he's got just sort of this weird, happy, euphoric personality. So you're saying that's that's who he is. Dude, he's always excitable. Like everything about him, like I just stood by him and I was like, I feel like a better person. Like I was talking <laughs> to the coaches. I was like, do you guys feel the same thing? And I mean, you know, me and the coaches, we're all like-minded. They're like, dude, I feel it too. Yes, I feel like a better person being around him because he's just laughing and he's happy. And he's like, yeah, dude, you got this. Don't worry about it. He's like – I mean, like, the first time I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, there he is. Like, I got really excited, and I started to get beat red because I'm like, you know, you get starstruck when you meet awesome people, and I'm like, it's Russ Wilson. Like, I'm not an enemy anymore. I'm a friend. So, I, you know, Booney, what's up, the legend? I'm like, oh, my God, this guy. He's like, dude, two years out, and you're coming back. You're crazy. I'm like, oh, my God, he knows me. I was like, dude, he's like, bro, so happy to have you here. You know, can't wait to get to know you. Like, everything about him, you're just like, that made me feel really good. Like, I don't feel nervous anymore. I feel really excited to be around. He's like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And everything about him, dude, he can throw this ball. I swear to God, it's the sweetest, prettiest damn ball I ever saw in my life. And he does it routinely. Like, he's not even trying to throw the ball. And it'll just drop right in the corner of the end zone. And the coach is like, every time something good happens, everybody goes nuts. And it's constantly like a, a rah-rah, we feed off each other session. And, dude, you feel like you're just hanging with the boys all day. It is so fun. So let, let's talk about that and quarterbacks, uh, because Phil and I have had this discussion quite a bit, but you can articulate it perfectly because you've been around them in the, on the field and in the locker room. Are now. you about to be critical of Kirk Cousins right no, now? No, because no, I do no. not stand for that I'm on this program. I'm not going to be critical program, of Kirk okay? Cousins, but what I am going to ask you You're is You're awfully this. negative. No, I'm going to ask you a generic question about quarterbacks because Russ Wilson seems to fit the parameters of what I'm thinking. How important is it that a quarterback, and it's not an easy thing to do, but has the ability that you just talked about with Russ, which is he's not only a talented, gifted athlete, but he also has the ability to pull people together to make a guy like you who's played professional sports for a long time feel like a kid. I mean, those are not simple things to do, but how much of a benefit is that when that person has that entire package where you say to yourself, oh my God, this guy absolutely controls not only what goes on goes on on the field but also in the locker room and things like that so sort of sort of far Favre like I mean they're not the same guy but Favre had that too where people seem to be in awe of Brett Favre yeah no I mean it's huge I mean you talk about when you're able to get guys that believe in a system and really the system is a, is around Russ and not only that but you said it 
if you want to be that guy for this team, you have to go out and prove it. You can't just talk a whole bunch. You got to actually go out and you got to make the plays. You got to make the throws. You got to be able to run around and extend plays and the things that he's done for this team and gotten them into the playoffs and taking them into the playoffs and just the way he can, you know, adapt on the run and you and the guys see that. Like I remember everybody there was like, dude, no matter what happens, Russ will get us out of this situation. Now, at the end of the year, that whole thing came out about Russ. And that was a little shocking to me because the way that everything ended, I mean, you guess you really didn't realize that he was as upset as he was. But I understand what he's saying. He's like, listen, guys, I'm doing too much. I'm taking too many hits. And at the end of the day, I want to play this game forever. And if I continue to take these hits, I'm not going to be able to play very long. And you can tell that he's extremely passionate. And that's another thing. When guys gravitate towards you, they want to gravitate towards somebody that's going to lift them up, that's going to bring them up. And when you're constantly the most positive person and you're in there every day at 5 a.m. and you always look sharp, like his shirts are looking good, his jersey's tucked in, like you're like, damn, this dude looks good all the time. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding you. He is. We, we, yeah, that's what we say about Judd, too. He yeah. just raises the level of fashion yeah. and, and <laughs> professionality on it's the show. It's a man crush. You've got a man crush in Russell Wilson. Oh, that's a huge, a it's a huge It's a huge man crush, and I've never denied that because of the way he is. But then when you get to meet him and you sit in a room with him and he's like, hey, listen, when we run this, I need it to be like this, all right? They're like, yo, Russ, got you. I got you. You're like. Yeah, this dude controls every room he walks in. And that's what's so powerful about this team is that they believe in Russ and Russ believes in them. And technically, they're not out until Russ says they're out. Like, they'll believe that they can continue to keep going until Russell's like, yeah, guys, that's it. The game's over. Like, that's what's so awesome about this. And then Pete and Russ are just, they're maniacs together. And they're constantly talking to each other and bouncing ideas off each other. And you're like, interesting. Yeah, you're like, I'm listening to him. And I'm like, wow, this is, like, man, these guys are going, wait, wait. Wait, no, I know, wait, I know where you're going. Does, I teed you up. I teed him up. What a Richard you are. Does okay. Does uh, you like that? You like that? Can you confirm? <laughs> does Pete Carroll watch film with Russell Wilson? I'm almost positive he does, just because. Of the way that Russ, I mean, dude, you, I can't explain to you a level of maturity. I ask for no guy. particular reason. I'm just, no reasons. I'm just yeah. generally curious. You know. Yeah, no, I'm sure um, they are. So, okay, well. It's I you've I just want to preface this by saying you've been in the Seattle locker room a lot more recently than you've been in the Vikings locker room and so this might not I, I'm gonna, I'm going to ask a couple questions and you know you take it wherever you want to but um, Mike Zimmer I saw this stat come down from our friend friend of the show Minnesota researcher and he does a lot of research on Minnesota sports teams and he has it tallied if you go Mike Zimmer's entire career as a head coach back to 2014. He has the second lowest winning percentage against teams that finish the season as winning teams. His teams are 17 and 39 since 2014 against teams that finish the season with a winning record. Of course, coincidentally, the only coach worse is Jay Gruden. What's the common denominator that both of those guys have had for large chunks? It would be Kirk Cousins. Um, I just feel like for the Vikings to dig out from this hole, it's going to take things from Mike Zimmer whether it's a new style of interaction with his team and coaching, um, just more of an all-encompassing view on being a head coach, not just being hyper-focused on defense. And they're going to have to beat good teams, Alex. Um, I guess my general question is, what are your thoughts on Mike Zimmer and the Vikings' ability to dig out from 0-2 after all the lavish things you just praised the Seahawks culture for? I mean, listen, you got to remember this, too, and, uh, you know, when you're talking about these teams, everybody's built differently, and everybody has a different coach. And after a while, when you talk to enough people in this league, you start to see the writing on the wall. These coaches are who they are. They're never going to change. 
They're never going to do anything that you want them to do. They're going to do what they want to do. So everybody continues to keep asking Zimmer to keep being this offensive-minded guy. You need to be more accepting of this. You need to do this. That's never going to happen. The team needs to figure that out and move on from there. And for me, they can easily climb out of this run. I mean, you have some of the most superstar players on your team right now. The fact that people are like, can they climb out of this rut? If you don't, you all should be fired. I mean, you have, I mean, let's, I mean, think about this realistically. Let's think about every level of every position, right? Like, here we go. On defensive line, you got Daniil Hunter. Boom. One of the best in the game. Linebackers, yeah. you got Eric Kendricks, clearly one of my most favorite linebackers to ever walk on a field. But two, he's still the best in the game. In the back end, you have Harry. I'm not even going to go into how much I love Harry, but then you still have Patrick Peterson on the outside. I mean, you're built everywhere on defense. On offense, you have everybody. Like, you need Irv Smith back, no question, but you still have Dalvin. And to me, that's the biggest thing. Like, you need to get him going. And in the first game, I watched it again. The, the run blocking was horrifically bad. It was just. He couldn't get past the line of scrimmage before somebody hits him. And as a running back, how am I supposed to read anything if I can't even get to the hole? Like, you have to get me somewhere to get there. Now you look at this last game, and it's like a completely different version of it, right? Like, this run blocking was so much better. If you can just get Dalvin through the hole, he will make guys bounce off him. And that, and I'm not just saying one or two. I'm saying, like, four or five. Like the, this kid is still incredible when he runs. Clearly the top three running back in the NFL, but... When they talk about getting out of a rut, all you got to do is go back to who you are. You're a run-first team. Just run the damn ball. It's not hard. Get in front of people. Like At some point when I was playing, coaches were like, dude, run blocking ain't even that hard. Just get in front of them and let the running back make a move. That's what we pay them to do. Now, at times, yeah, you're going to have to bury your face into someone's soul, and we're going to ask you to do that a little bit. <laughs> but you know what? If you turn around, that Football. guy running behind you – Right? They used to say this. If you would just turn around, that guy running behind you, he'll bury his face into your soul if you don't. Like, that's how this goes. And so going forward, you're like, dude, get back to the fundamentals and basics. Run the ball, play action. Everything else should just be like, we'll keep adding on as we go. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's it. Real quick, Judd, this is a... Get those nerds! 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 You brought up play action. This is a good time for our nerd football stat of the week here Uh on Purple Daily. And it's presented in part by Judd's favorite coping mechanism, Surly Brewing oh, Company. Hold on a second, Booney. I've got to show you something. I come with a visual today. Yes, that's right, a box of Surly Furious. Now, you're in great shape, and I don't know if you drink. But now that you're retired, you know what? Try a Surly Furious IPA. <laughs> In fact, I want you to go out, go crush a six-pack or something, because I do every Sunday. Responsibly. Oh, don't drive. Don't drive. But there's nothing wrong with drinking a six-pack if you're not driving. Have you, you ever have you ever buried your soul in an opposing uh, player's body while bearing surly six-packs? That's the question here. There's nothing wrong with I'm with sure that. in college Crackle. I was, yes. Yeah, yes. you probably, yeah. Probably Crack right. open a Surly Furious. Enjoy the IPA. That revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. Don't settle. Get surly, much like head coach Mike Zimmer used to before he became the new gentler Zim. Also, real quick, a uh, shout-out to the Minnesota Lottery. So they've got a $5 scratch game that can win you up to $100,000, a skull game, $2 skull game that can win you up to $15,000, and great second-chance prizes like Vikings tickets and merchandise. Just say, I'm into Vikings scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to play. So to Booney's point about play action, okay, so as much as we rag on Kirk Cousins on this show, he is excellent 
at play action. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league when given protection, play action, suck defenders in, etc. All right, uh, the stats bear that out. The Vikings ran eight play actions on forty-two pass attempts in Week One, which seemed odd. Uh, last week, they connect on the second play of the game, a 64-yard play-action touchdown pass to start the game. From that point forward, they ran only eight play-actions on 30-some pass attempts the rest of the game. So I guess, uh, is the, I mean, am I over, I mean, are you not supposed to be able to run 15 or 20 play-actions in a game before it loses its effectiveness, or would you have the Vikings be running more play-action, Boney? I think the problem is this. You remember the first game, you're down, so you're now all of a sudden you got to what crawl out of a hole, and so then coaches automatically get away from play action because they're like, what's it really going to sell? Like, But you forget what's standing behind you in the backfield. I mean, just 33 looking at 11 guys would scare all 11 guys at the same time. They, they don't. These guys, they get into these games and they try to be super cute and super fancy, and you're like, listen, man, keep it simple, okay? We can still run with this guy. Maybe we're just having a slow start. We can get going later, but... When you have Dalvin Cook in the backfield, and he had, what did he finish first game with, like 60 yards or something? Yeah, yeah, 61 yards. Something. That's unacceptable. I blame that on the OC. Now, don't get me wrong. The offensive line gets a lot of credit, too, because that was just some bad blocking. But at the point is, hey, listen, I know we're not running the ball well. What gets us back to what we are? What gets Dalvin back to something comfortable? Do we keep him between the tackles more? Do we just run him straight ahead? Do we toss him the ball? Like, you always have to have an out. And I... <clears throat> I feel like coaches nowadays, when they start to get into these shootouts, they get nervous. And they're like, hey, let's just drop back and we'll do some passes and we'll do some things that maybe we're not as good at, but we can still do. Like, I like the fact that they're getting the ball out quickly. I mean, they have great, great, great receivers. You have to get them the ball as soon as you can. Let them make these plays. They run great routes. They're always wide open. Like, there's just, I mean, look at KJ Osborne. I mean, he was wide open open you know somebody got ripped open for that but it's because they're looking at everybody else Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and they still have that Dalvin in the back of their mind of what if they do hand it off I mean this that's why this offense needs to start churning even more butter these guys need to start showing up that aren't named Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson or you know Dalvin always has to be Dalvin because without his success you're not going to win games that's just the bottom line you need him to start being more I do the most I'll go ahead Judd I do think that uh the loss of Irv Smith Jr. at tight end Huge. definitely hurt because he was being used in training camp a ton. And I'll tell you right now, Booney, he looked fantastic. In I know training he, camp, he He looked great, and I think he was a Kirk go-to guy. And so I think the loss of Irv Smith definitely, as far as Clint Kubiak goes, and probably uh, Kirk as well, threw things off a little bit from what was planned going into the season. I agree, and I think that when you have a big, physical tight end like that you can do huge amount of things and then all of a sudden you say hey listen the middle of the field's going to be wide open because we're running everybody everywhere else so now all of a sudden when you don't have that you lose a huge piece of your offense I mean the tight ends in a play action offense are huge because they're the ones that slip behind the linebackers they're the ones that all of a sudden you're like wait a minute is that guy running down the seam what is that I mean I'll give you the best example right check this out Last night, the Packers, right? We all saw that game plan because Lewis Riddick was telling everybody what the game plan was. Now, normally, they don't tell you what they're doing, but we'll hear about it on the sidelines. Hey, listen, the cornerback's out. We're going to start doing more play action. We're going to start hitting these linebackers because they can't cover. Robert Tunyon went down the middle of the seam how many times because nobody could cover him. These linebackers are not equipped today. Unless your name is Eric Kendricks, 
Bobby Wagner, they cannot, Devin Bush, they cannot run with tight ends. And so all of a sudden, when you lose your biggest piece that's really not your biggest piece but was about to be, everyone's like, well, what was the plan going to be? Like, some people don't see it, but I knew it was coming. I was like, dude, Irv Smith's about to go off this year because he's got everybody around him that he needs. Just run down the seam and catch that ball and get ready for a hit. Uh, you mentioned on that K.J. Osborne touchdown that uh, somebody on defense was probably going to get ripped open. What is the most aggressively a coach has ever, quote-unquote, ripped you open, and what was it for? You. I can't tell you. I, uh, you said I had to be very nice. So, I mean, I've been ripped I've been ripped open for some things now. Like, you got to remember, I'm the guy that gets really into it. I'm really passionate. And really? I'm like, listen, I'm selling my soul for this. And because, you know. Now that I'll never get to play again, I was really beat up all the time. And I just never told anybody because I didn't want to be the guy that had to go in for surgeries. And I didn't want to be a guy that everybody thought I couldn't be the tough guy. So I had to always be the tough guy. So when they were like, hey, man, you got a torn ACL, I was like, what's the problem? Been playing with it for seven years. Like, what are we doing? Yeah? We'll keep it moving on. You know, they're like, whoa, dude, that ain't right. Wait, you so, played on a torn ACL for seven years? I went to, I went to Seattle, and they were like, the doctor goes, Hey, uh, I'm about to sign with Baltimore. I'm about to. Seattle calls. I'm like, how could I pass this up? I get out there. They're like, all's good, man. Real quick. Let's take a look at that knee. I'm like, do we have to? They're like, yeah, it would be great if we could. So I'm like, all right. I'm walking into the MRI. I call my agent. I go, there's no way they're going to sign us. He's like, why? I'm like, because this knee's so bad, dude. Like, I've never had any surgeries, but yet it's been completely blown out. And, like, I'm like, I'm really hoping we're having a good day here. So we go back to the doctor's office, and the dude just walks in. He sits down, and he's like, yo, she's never going to tell us? I'll tell you what. He's like, you have a torn ACL, dude. You serious? He's like, this thing's been torn forever. It's like, looks terrible. I'm like, yeah, you know, we can work through some things. He was like, bro, how are you going to show up like this and not tell us? I was like, well, I didn't know it was really torn. I just thought it hurt. The guy's like... Guys, like, like, no, you're an idiot. Every morning, dude, he's bending it. It's like shifting off the plane. He's like bending my knee, and it's cracking. And he's like, dude, this doesn't even sound right. I'm like, dude, just sign the paperwork. I'm fine, okay? I'm like, how'd you run? Boone's got a prosthetic left leg. He's like, it's fine. Everything, everything is fine. I'm not gonna be that. You, you just do it. When someone's like, you run over there. I go, you, you got it, babe. No problem. I mean, like your knee collapses. Uh, you should have seen me this year. My co-ed softball team, people laughed at me. Like, the other teams. We won the championship, by I the way. And you. I had the we oldest the team out of me. by, like, 20 years. Everybody on my team was 40 and older, except for me and my wife. And I'm running, and guys are like, dude, what the hell is wrong with your knees? Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, they, they're bad. <laughs> they're like, dude, just don't even run to first anymore. Just hit it, and we'll run for just you. Just stop. I was, I'm like, you oh, know, they're, they're going to be a designated runner. Oh, man. Yeah, we all That's know. Rough, Sometimes yeah. you got to play through some things. And you know what? It was fun for me. And that was the game within the game. But, you know, when you talk about that and, and we get into all that stuff, it's crazy because, you know, I, I should have signed with Baltimore because they didn't really ask a lot of questions. I think the Harbaugh's are just kind of like, listen, if you're crazy enough to show up, we're cool enough to let you play. And, um, but it was, you know, it was fun. Dude, time. the okay, the the clip that went around, and I, and uh, we were watching this live at the end of that game the other night on Sunday Night Football, and John Harbaugh walks, you know, ten yards out of the field on that crucial fourth down, and it's and it's plain as day on TV. Lamar, Lamar, yeah. do you want to go for it? And he knew, like, he knew he was going to go for it regardless. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a, th- a theatrical presentation, but 
I love that. And the clip in the locker room afterwards, and he's given the speech, and it's like, God, if anyone wonders, you know, God, John Harbaugh, is he, uh, you know, is he stalled out in Baltimore? No, and I would run through five brick walls to go play for John Harbaugh after watching that clip. Dude, he is awesome. I, I So I met him, and uh, I'm outside. It's like COVID, so everything was crazy, and he came out, and he had his mask on, and I had my mask on, and he, we shook hands. And I could just tell by the look in his eyes that he was a Harbaugh. Like, the way he <laughs> looked at you, like, some, like, competitive spirit or flash in his eye. You're like, dude, this dude. A little crazy. Probably, little he kind of wants to take me right now. And, and I'll <laughs> never forget it. I did my workout, and they were all like, dude, you're crazy. Like, I can't believe you want to come back. I was like, dude, I don't, I'm not just here for this year. Like, I'm here for another 10. Like, I'm, I just don't belong out in that world. I belong here. And they were like, we agree. And I remember I was talking to John, and he goes, hey, by the way, I talked to my brother. He's like, he said to say hello, and I was like, oh, man. Pressure's Jim's on crazier now. than John, right? But I love them, and I love the way that they are. And I think some people mistake me when I say things. Like, people don't understand how I am. When I say that sometimes a coach can be a real ass, he can. But at the same time, I love Jim. I thought he was great. And I think that at times he pushed people a little too hard, but at times he was pushing them just right. And he was trying to get the best out of everybody. And I appreciate that because he was the same guy every day. I mean, he would sit there and be like, fall asleep in meetings? I got a trick for you. Here's what we do. We pull out our leg hair real fast. He'd just start pulling out his little like, calf hair. And you, he'd, be, he'd be like, it keeps you up every time. And I'd be like, this guy's awesome. Like, if you can't go out and win for a guy like this that probably slept for 30 minutes last night and here he is on the edge of his seat smelling like coffee and tobacco. Like, that is what you want. The guy, the guy wears I cleats the guy. on the sidelines He's and pulls awesome. his leg hair out in practice and meetings. That's Dude, amazing. That's he, and you know what's the best, too, is like, we'd be out there and he'd be like, now nah, you guys are doing it wrong. He'd be like, you got to do it like this. Right, 80? <laughs> Get into a stance and like, he'd be underneath the center. The center's like, is that Jim? What the hell is that? Awesome. Oh, it's so fun. You, you would like, I, I think, the, the uh, Vikings' new offensive line coach, Phil Rauscher, yeah. he spent the entire training camp bellowing at the top of his lungs, dropping <laughs> F-bombs in front of the crowd. It was fun. to. It was old school, man. See. It was old school. Let's blow up somebody now. You And it was fun to watch because, I mean, like now, a lot of guys, P's and Q's, right? Yeah. They're, 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 on, they're on their, you know, especially training camp practices with fans there. Sad Phil Rauscher didn't care. Why? Oh, Why it's more fun when they yell. I know. Like people always like, what's it like? I'm like, you really want to know? Come to a camp practice. And even then, it's so toned down because everybody knows yeah. that there's people and kids around. Like, you know, sometimes I'll, filming. Ca- I'll catch myself when I'll like I'll go to my kid's school and I'll be talking to the principal and I'll be ready to drop an f bomb just because it's naturally how we do. It. It's how we talk. You know, you're walking out, you see the special teams coach, you give him the middle finger. You're like, yeah, I don't want to see you today. Leave me alone, okay? I'm not doing your stupid field goal. No. All right, I'll be over there in the eighth period. I'll see you in a little bit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just you mess with people. So now I'm like, you know, I'm up at my son's school, and I'm like, hey, what the? Mm, uh, yes, how are you guys? I'll, like, catch need, myself we, all we, the time. We need a documentary of, like, Alex no, Boone trying to acclimate to uh, to civilian it's, life. It's horrible. Didn't you get ejected from a youth football Listen, game last no, week? No, 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 no. I didn't get that? ejected. And shout out to all my fourth-grade Eagles who are just doing great in school and doing their chores. I'm super proud of them. But I'm at this game, right? And this is our second year in the league. And we, we got to go in last year during COVID. And we played in the fourth grade league. And we ended up, we schmoed some fourth graders as third graders. It was awesome. So this year we go in and first game I'm playing. And this coach is this his first game. And he's like all about the rule book. And I'm like, all right, man, calm down. It's okay. They're nine. 
He's like, your fullback is a foot outside the tackle, and he's not allowed to be there, and he's yelling at me, like threw his clipboard at me, and I was like, bro, you want a problem, I'll give you a problem. And all of a sudden, everybody in the stands was like, no, nope, nope. They were like, no, don't ever do that again. But there was other things going on. Like they were face masking my kids, and I instantly was like mm. hot. And I was like, hey, man, touch another one of my kids' face masks. I'm going to touch you. And they were like, <laughs> so they wrote to my board, and they were like, he's out of control. And I was like, nah, man, here's the dealio. I take football very serious, and I've seen a lot of people get hurt. I had a friend in college that barely took a hit. He never walked again. Like, this is not a, this is not a mess around game. And the way that they were pulling my kids' face masks, I was like, listen, that's the third time, and I'm not going to stand for it anymore. I'll just start swinging too. And they were like, no, 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 no. We, we'll, we'll clean it up. We'll be looking this time. I'm like, you better be. And they ended up writing to my board, and they were like, listen, just sit the what? next game out, but we still love you. I was like, thank you. So, so, so you ejected explore. and suspended. Suspended from the fourth grade football league. Just qualified well, for a Once game. again, like, you forget you're, you're with civilians. And, but to my, to my point <laughs> is, this, this game has oh become so soft with parents and coaches, and they're constantly like, you're too, you know, I always get the same compliment. You're, you have the most disciplined team, and I'm like, that's because if they're not, they'll run. They'll run like I ran. They'll run like you ran. They'll run like everybody used to have to run. That's how you teach them. And then some parents are like, well, do we have to run them so much? Did you run a lot as a kid? Well, yeah, we got in trouble. There you go. Like, we all seem to be fine now. We learn accountability as young kids, and then we start to keep taking it. And that's my biggest thing with sports is, like, it's become so watered down that people forget what it's about. It's about life lessons. Like, listen, we're all going to be accountable to each other in this huddle, and if we're not, we're going to lose. And then you can all cry together, and then we'll all figure it out. But – as we keep going, like, as the kids start learning things, like, dude, we run two-jet dancer swing. We run real NFL oh, yeah. plays, and these kids love Football. it. Football. Dude. Wait, how do they, you get – okay, because I remember, no, like, I, I, I quit I quit football pretty much after fifth grade, and our play calls in fifth grade were, like, left, sweep, left. Because Mr. Uh, Boone right, scares sweep, you right. so much you don't dare no. screw up the play call. No, Mr. Boone loves you. That's the thing is I treat you like you want to be treated. Mr. I treat Boone. you like you want, like you're an NFL player. Like, I'm, I'll sit there and talk to you, and then I'll be like, hey, listen, we used to run this play with Kaepernick, and we'd call it razor right. Well, instantly everyone's like, I want to be like Kaepernick. Right? How do I get to be like him? Or I, I remember watching this with Randy Moss, and he would come back like this, and man, he said, "Man, when the hand goes up, the ball's in the air." Right? So now I got all these like fourth graders running down the field with their hand up, like, "Where's the ball?" And I'm like, "Dude, throw it! You see it, dancer, hit him!" Like they love it, they crave it. But the best thing is like they're all learning now that they are accountable to each other. So I saw one of my kids getting picked on during the game. I'm like, I wonder how the kids are going to handle this. Three of my kids came out of nowhere, and they were like, hey, we want to run the ball right over that kid's face. And I'm like, why? They're like, well, he's picking on Charlie. I'm like, let's do it. So next play, these three kids come out of nowhere and just molly this kid. Like, don't ever touch my teammate again. I was like, dude, we're learning together. This is I, great. Like, Wait, my, my biggest remaining question here is what formations are you running that require a fullback to be outside the tackle box? What kind of, what kind of innovation listen, are you running here? That was my biggest thing to the other coach. I go, hey, man, he's nine. Like, he's going to be a little bit outside the box at times. No one's going to complain. Like, you guys have been holding all day. I don't care. My kids will work through it. And he's like, the rules are the rules. And I'm like, dude, 
The rules were invented by someone's mom whose kid didn't play, okay? Calm down. It's football still. Like, they forget that it – and that's another thing is, like, kids forget that it's okay to get yelled at and move on. That teaches you something. You're taking criticism, right? At times, I'm going to be mad. You fumbled the ball. You should know you messed up. But if you can take that criticism at a young age, look how much better you'll be because that is also the biggest thing with these young players and these college kids is that you try to give them criticism and they think you're attacking them. And you're like, listen, yeah, I don't know where you've been your whole life. But I'm a man, and I talk to you like a man. And if you can't handle it, then we got real problems. But now I found that if you teach them young, like my kids and these kids that they play with, like they end up loving it, and they'll come to you and be like, "Coach, what did I do wrong there?" And you're like, "Listen, man, you got to take it wider." And he's like, "I knew I should have." I'm like, "God, this kid's so smart." <laughs> there are, dude, there you're are nice. pro, There are pro players now who don't like to be yelled at and take it personally. Like if it's you a watch a training camp practice, you can see. And and by the way. I don't think there's been more of an evolution in the training of sports than NFL training camps uh, from 2005 and six when Childers held two a days in 2006 for 14 consecutive days with pads on to now when they can barely do anything like you well, want that, to practice now. Yeah, mm. it's terrible. And not only that, but how sloppy are the games now? And that's yeah. another problem is you see all these guys fumbling the ball. You see all these guys holding illegal man downfield, uh, too many men in the backfield. Like these are all things that you find out through practice. And you want to talk about Brad Childress, dude. I had the man, Mike Singletary as my first head coach. We did 31 days straight, double days. We went to Oakland week three and they were like, thanks for making us put our pads on for the first time. I was like, wait, what? You guys haven't been in pads yet? They were like, no, we went shells all camp. They're like, we're only putting them on because you're here. I'm like, We've been doing double days every day. I'm not even sure what today is. Like, and Mike was like, don't you dare say a word to me ever. And we were like, got it, not a word. Like, you were exhausted. I remember guys would go to the hotel and sleep in their pads just to come sleep a little bit longer so they could come right back and just get right on the field. Like, it was – and now I see it, and I'm like, you know what? This is called the watered-down version of it. And eventually, it's going to end up looking so bad that they're going to have to go back and be like, we went too far, scale it back. We need to get tougher on these guys. Because this, there's so many teams. There's such a separation between these great teams and these mediocre teams. You're like, dude, what the hell is going on? And it's nobody plays in the preseason anymore. Nobody wants to practice. Everybody's hurt until the last day. Like It's just this watered-down version of a good game. Uh, listen, uh, if you're out there and you are a fellow fourth grade football coach and your job is in jeopardy, let me introduce you guys to PlayCon, Minnesota's industrial leader in sustainable packaging, and they're looking for great people to join their team. PlayCon offers a great culture, great opportunities, a 401k match, profit sharing, and you can accrue three weeks of PTO in your first year. So Purple Daily listeners and viewers of the YouTube channel, if you're if you're looking for work, PlayCon has immediate openings for machine operators, packaging operators, and tool technicians with pay starting up to $20 per hour. And they'll be conducting on-site interviews from noon until 5 on Tuesday next week at their Plymouth facility located on 9900 13th Avenue North. So for more information, that's PlayCon, P-L-A-C-O-N.com, PlayCon.com. It's just it's good to have Alex Boone back talking football, football. talking life. Does it get any better? Fellow we coaches. You, man. Yeah. We're don't, gonna uh, former, you don't want this. You don't want any well, of this coach. Go away. <laughs> what do you think, which before we say goodbye here for the day, just the, the 
I would have felt better for the Vikings if the Seahawks had won the game, but they gave up a 14-point lead and lost in overtime at home to the Titans, and they're clearly going to be pissed off and looking to rectify it. Um, but the Vikings get to play in front of 70,000 fans for the first time in two years, and so that's going to be an advantage. Um, what is your general feeling going into this game, Booney? Dude, I think that they take the game plan from the second half of that last game, and you test them. You say, listen, we're going to throw as much 33 at you as you can handle, and if you think you can handle it, we're going to throw even more at you. I'm telling you, this it's, these guys are trying to be so cute with it when they should be thinking more like Kyle Shanahan. Listen, however you win the game, you win the game. Eventually the style points will come, but if you can beat on this team because – Derrick Henry just did that in the second half. And don't think that they're not going to try and stop it. But remember, their wounds are still fresh. And they're still remembering what it's going to be like to have to tackle someone. And in my opinion, like I'm not saying that Derrick Henry isn't the best running back in the NFL. But I think Dalvin Cook lays a way better blow because he uses his whole body. Like He's not trying to stiff arm you. He's trying to literally run through you. And to me, that's like, yeah, you just had the king, but now you're about to meet the guy that wants to pummel you. What's what are you gonna do? Can they hang in there? And then not only that, but like defensively, you gotta get after Russ. He makes the most electrifying plays, but if you just contain him, you have such a great pass rush. Two big guys in the middle push the interior, close the outside, keep him in the pocket because if he gets loose, DK, Tyler Lockett, those guys they just they work all so well together. Hey, from an offensive line standpoint. What did you attribute to the improvement from game one, which you're right, was awful, to game two? Adjustments, uh, pride factor, because that offensive line against the Cardinals did not look like the same group, especially guys like Bradbury, who against the Bengals, Booney, looked awful and looked fine against the uh, Cardinals. Yeah, I think a lot of it, too, is going to be, you know, Seattle's going to look at that, and and I was last year. I was with Puna Ford, and I know how he thinks. And he's going to try and get under your pads. He's going to try and lift you off the ground. He's going to try and embarrass you. So, I think that when you put film out like that, you have to be very careful because we call that opening Pandora's box. People are always going to try that against you. Now, hey, listen, he got moved by this dude. I bet you I can move him too. Like we got to find out a couple times. But what they did, they went out and they stopped it right away. They were like, listen, we know we blocked horrendous. I mean, at at points in Cincinnati, they weren't even touching people, and you're like, well, where do you right. expect anyone to go? But they, like you said, it's a pride factor i could almost guarantee you mike zimmer probably threw something at every one of them like don't ever come out here and play like that again and i don't blame him because at some point you do have to have respect for yourself the guys behind you you can't just go out there and expect them to do everything and i think sometimes when you get stuck in these offenses like the titans and the vikings you're like well hey he'll do it all i don't really have to do anything no dude you forget you have to lay the groundwork he's gonna make you look good and going forward you can't ever let that happen again. Don't ever fall asleep on somebody. You've got to go out and do your job, especially against a team, like I said this week, that will go the whole 60 minutes. Like They're going to play as tough. They didn't last week, and they might have to learn a lesson. But you're like you said, be ready for them to come in here energetic and fired up. But first game at home, I've played here before. I'm sure this place is going to be rocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judd, who do you think likes football more? Is it Alex? Football. Or is it Brian Baldinger? Don't even get me Brian started Baldinger on Baldinger doesn't just like football. He loves football. Watch this throw here to Cameron Brayton. Little quick jab. Little bam. Little punch. Knock him off bounds. You got to change it up. You get the predator off bounds, and then you dance. Football! Football, yeah! There's, football! There's, only, there's only one. There's only one guy who is on that board, Phil Mackey, who you could play, who I would say 
exceeds Alex Boone's <laughs> love for football. There's Who? only one man. Which one? Because I have a lot. I'm he is the. He, he is. Was the he? Was head, he on Monday Night Football last he night? He was exactly last night, and it's not Matt Lafleur. You think you and your? Oh, I'm sorry. 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 I thought you meant no, this one. No. Are you talking Campbell about Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell, like dude. I hey. Before we go. Before we go. He would throttle forth. Hey, Brett Favre, before Brett we go, we got to talk about Dan Campbell coming to the North because how much do you love this guy? Like his team last He's night. ridiculous, dude. Bro, I love this guy. They showed up <laughs> and they punched were. Aaron so hard in the mouth. But now, now listen, two fumbles, that'll cost you. An interception, that'll cost you. Those losing a cornerback and then Anzalone not being able to keep up with anybody will hurt you. But, dude. I'm telling you, this Lions team is on the right path with this guy. Like, they needed somebody that was going to be gritty and crazy and wild. And it seems like the team's kind of taken over that mindset. Dude, I love this. Now, the Bears, in my opinion, still suck because Matt Nagy just doesn't know what he's doing. But everybody Nagy, else. He, he got into an argument with some reporter about, like, whether Andy Dalton's going to play and if it's a, if he's giving away a scheme. It's he like, dude, that's scheme. Come on. The, guys, the reporter said, no, that's not scheme, Matt. He's like, no, it is scheme. Like, oh, God, you're fired. But it, you fire him, please. <laughs> yeah, but Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell loves football more than anybody at home. I would Campbell fight Dan Campbell to like prove football. that I like it more. Dan Campbell. <laughs> I would. I would fight Dan, him. Dan Campbell would respect that and hire you for his coaching staff immediately. Yeah, he would. Fun. Dude. Listen, he'd, lo- he'd I, love I, you. I, I'm in on Dan Campbell if he's the head coach of a team that I'm not rooting for, and if he, or if he's the offensive line coach for a team. Like I don't know, head coach. I guess yes, we'll see. that's I what guess they we'll need, see. man. Change the game, him, dude. You know who else? Joe Judge. We're him and Joe Judge remind teeth. me the same. All right, and yes. when you Joe Judge, that? you're in on Joe Judge or out on Joe Judge? I love him. I, Calvin Benjamin was like he's so mean. I was like I love him already. Sign him up. <laughs> just, we need more coaches want, like you. you. You want head coaches that will just eat raw meat. They'll just, Dude, they'll just, they don't even to need to. Yes, come sit with me. Drink some chocolate milk. And You're going to have talk the toughest fourth graders ever, man. Your fourth grade kids are going to be hey. just biting off knees. They're going to be all state linebackers. Campbell one day. Yep. Hey, awesome. you'll love it. I'm going to send you a video. Just wait. Welcome back, Alex Boone. Love having you. Fun to have so, you back here. So great to be back, guys. Thank you so much. Can't wait. Every Tuesday, uh, we're going to dive into the trenches. We're going to talk life and fourth grade football and uh, the Vikings and uh, tell some stories. So thanks for hanging out with us. This is the Marconi finalist Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Listen, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Is that that much to ask for? We'll see you guys tomorrow. Actually, tonight, Purple After Dark, and then tomorrow again.